Hey there, welcome to the Metro Minute, where if you're looking for current trends in public schools, you're in the right place. We're so excited to launch our first episode with our executive director, Melissa Baker, talking about crisis communication in our schools. On this cast, Melissa calls on Jeff Gaunt from Lambert, a strategic communications firm that specializes in public relations in K-12 schools. So with 30 years in public education as a teacher and principal, central office person, superintendent, uh, now the executive director for the Metro Bureau, lots are going on out there. So um, one of the things I think about is some of my past experiences Um, experiences with a potential gas leak at a middle school, um, a threat to our high school, a fire at our high school that I also experienced and how to relate to parents and students and staff during that time, and then how to communicate with all those different stakeholders, including board members during those times. So I really needed a Jeff and a Lambert and company at that time. Um, so we had an awesome seminar at the Metro Bureau um, for our members, and the topics that Jeff you discussed were events or incidents, I should say, versus issues and crises. Um, although I think when you're going through something like that, you feel like it's a crisis at all times. So I'd love for Jeff for you to join us today and just speak to a few things. Especially, I guess, to start, um, crisis communications and why um, this should be something that that schools think about and understand, and and maybe you could define it for us as well. Sure, uh, and, and thank you very much for having me, uh, Melissa uh, Lambert. Uh, is is very proud to be a partner with the Metro Bureau. I really enjoy traveling uh, to the other side of the state. I'm uh, over on the west side, but traveling to the other side and having a conversation around crisis communications and, and how we define that at Lambert. Crisis communications is a, a specialty within public relations uh, that really focuses on helping organizations uh, like schools communicate effectively during a crisis. And how we define that is a very serious event uh, that can threaten people, can threaten health and safety, can threaten property, the environment, finances, uh, and ultimately the reputation of a district. So it could be things like uh, an, even a natural disaster. A tornado hits a school, could be a crisis, could be, as you said, uh, maybe a fire or an explosion at a school, could be a violent act. Uh, like the very, very tragic uh, situation that we saw in Oxford. And it's something that requires an all-hands-on-deck approach. Within crisis communication, so at Lambert, I lead the crisis and reputation practice area. So I'm usually helping organizations or companies or sometimes individuals uh, deal with problems. And like you said, uh, sometimes a lot of things can feel like a crisis. So we help with incidents, uh, we help with long-term issues like uh, environmental hazards or litigation. Um, and then we help with, with the big crises uh, where really the spotlight is on the organization and we need to think quickly and communicate quickly. I know one of the things in our uh, seminar that you provided was you communicate with those closest to the flame um, and with the goal of thinking about your head, your heart, and your feet 
at the same time. So could you just touch on that briefly um, in terms of that communication protocol for us? Yeah, absolutely. So when when we're going into a crisis, I, I use a mnemonic. We say, put your game face on. Uh, in other words, think first about your goal. So G in, in game, what is your goal? What are you trying to accomplish? Uh, and as you said, uh, an easy way to remember that is the head, the heart, and the feet. In other words, the head is, what do we want to inform our audience of? So simply, what are what are the facts on the ground? What's the information uh, that we want to provide uh, to, to be that trusted source. The heart is how do we want them to feel? Anytime we go out and communicate with an audience, and especially when we're communicating uh, with, during a crisis or very serious incident, our audience is going to feel something. Could be afraid, could be anxious, they could be scared uh, about what's happening with their students or, or loved ones. Um, and so we want to think when we communicate, what can we do to reassure our audience or build trust and confidence in our organization? And then the feet it are, uh, is there a call to action? If I'm communicating, do I want parents or stakeholders, uh, maybe board members to do something because I'm communicating with them? So what do I want them to know? How do I want them to feel? And uh, ultimately, what do I want them to do? So that's the goal. And then the rest of uh, game, as in game face, the goal, the audience, so who specifically are you communicating with? As you said, we want to communicate first to those who are most affected or those who are closest to the flame. So that could be students and staff who are on site uh, who may have a, have a threat to their safety. Uh, then parents who are going to be very concerned about their students. After that, we might think about the broader public or those who live near the school district or local elected officials. So there's a variety of audiences that we're going to need to contact or communicate with. We want to think, how do we prioritize that in the moment as things are moving very quickly? After our audience, we think about our message. So we want to keep it short and simple. Um, things like at our school district, our highest priority is the health and safety of our students. Uh, and that's a message we're going to want to be repetitive with. And when we communicate that message in a crisis, we're go going to want to we're going to want to convey all of the responsible actions that we're taking to back up that commitment. So if we say we're committed to health and safety, what are we doing? Who are we working with? What are the agencies on the ground? Do we have a crisis response plan that we've activated? Uh, how are we communicating and how will we have ongoing communication? Uh, with staff or parents or, or community members. So M is message. And then E is execution. So we need to think about how are we going to communicate? Uh, are we going to send out a text blast or an email blast? Um, are we going to be calling some uh, parents or key stakeholders directly? Are we going to send out a parent letter? Are we going to put something up on our website uh, or on our social media platforms? So how are we going to execute? So when we put our game face on during a crisis, we want to think goal, audience, message, and execution. That's awesome. That's an acronym we can all hold on to, and I appreciate that. Um, again, wish I had you with me back in the past, so I'm glad I have you future forward. Um, what do you think schools can do 
to be better prepared, even though we all have limited budgets during this time? Are, is there some things that you could say? Here, here are some bullet points I would say for school leaders to, to think about and, and bring to their school boards, too, when they're preparing for the future. Yeah, absolutely. At Lambert, we work uh, with a lot of school districts across the state, really even out, out of state. Uh, and we know how tough it is uh, in terms of budgets and making priorities within the district. So some of the things that you can do um, that are, they may take time, uh, but not necessarily uh, a lot of money, is to, for instance, sit down and list out, if you were to have a problem at your district, a very serious problem, who are all of the stakeholders that you would need to communicate with? We, we do think a lot of things with simple checklists. So if I list out all of my stakeholders, I can, um, we put boxes next to them. So in other words, uh, I've got a checkbox. If, if Board of Education is one of our stakeholders we may need to communicate with. Next to Board of Education, I've got checkboxes for communicate now. In other words, I need to get something out immediately. Uh, next checkbox could be communicate within the next 12 hours. Next checkbox is communicate within the next 24 hours. Next checkbox is, is communicate later. And you do that with every stakeholder group that you have. So parents, uh, you know, principals, administration, central office staff, you list them all out. And then if you're in a crisis, what we want to do is put as much of that decision making on autopilot as we can. So I can very quickly go to my stakeholder list. It's not something that I have to try to recall in the moment. And I can work down through the list, just take me a minute or two and say, I need to get notification out to parents now. I need to notify staff now. Some elected officials, maybe within the next 12 hours, I'm going to need to reach out to them. So you can quickly prioritize and triage uh, so that you communicate to the right people at the right time uh, during a crisis. That's just one example, but we have a lot of different uh, checklists and tools like that to take uh, is, is much of the, the sort of in-the-moment decision-making out of the hands and automated uh, that we can. So thinking about who are your stakeholders, maybe thinking about some messaging. So if you were to have, say, a fire at your school, what are the processes that you go through? Um, who would be in the room? Who would be talking about it? Um, and get, get that kind of protocol on paper now before you have a problem. So it's much easier if you do. One of the things I really appreciate that you talked about with that kind of reflection process is is the circling back um, along with the transparency because then you keep your, your stakeholders engaged through that process. So I think that's really important. So that was huge. So I guess just in, kind of in closing, um, you've touched on a lot. Are there three things that you would tell school leaders right now to think about as they're going through this this kind of process and thinking about kind of moving forward if they would happen to have an active crisis or just, again, even going back to an incident or issues that they're thinking about? Th- three pieces of advice that you'd give them. Sure. Uh, the, the first one is when you're in a crisis or, or an incident, any, any time that uh, people are threatened or, or there's a risk, express care and concern first. And it seems very basic, right, that we go out, we would uh, have some sort of empathetic message. It's a lot easier to miss 
than you might think it is. Uh, I've done a lot of work. I've worked in a lot of different industries uh, in my past. I've worked with manufacturing. I've worked with finance. I've worked with energy, utilities. Um, and in some of that work, uh, I did a lot with uh, nuclear power plants. So energy companies that would uh, own and operate nuclear plants. And every other year, nuclear plants have to go through uh, the drill and exercise that's regulated by the Nuclear Regulatory Commission. And uh, so we would come in, we would help coach them, we would help help them communicate more effectively. And then in the actual drill, we would play the part of mock media. So in other words, they would be simulating a nuclear meltdown. And we would play the part of media, so we would call in questions, uh, we would sort of grill them, put them on the spot. They would come out and do a press conference and, and we would be shouting out questions. Um, and what we often found was, um, even though these were, they were highly trained, they were very effective communicators, but when they were dealing with even a simulated nuclear disaster, their focus was so much on operationally, how do we stop the problem, that they're thinking in that moment less about the people are who are affected. They're very focused on what they need to do to protect lives, but not communicating um, that care and concern. So in the moment when you're facing a significant, even, even an incident or an issue, uh, it can be easy to overlook uh, that piece. So I would always start with, with care and concern first. Um, secondarily, I, I would advise districts, before you have a problem, as I said earlier, think about who's in the room. But to go even further than that, uh, make sure that you have all of the critical function heads in the room. So in other words, um, if you have a director of human resources that needs to be there, if you have a director of IT uh, who needs to be there, thinking about what are the different systems, how could this affect uh, the district in different ways. So pulling in transportation um, to make sure that that you're covering all of your bases there. So really thinking, what's what's my team uh, anytime I have a severe operational disruption that could threaten our students or our staff, uh, who all needs to be in the room? And, and then the other thing I, I would say is uh, pay attention uh, to what uh, what's going on in other districts. Just because something isn't happening to you uh, doesn't mean you might not get questions uh, from parents, uh, from the media, from board members uh, when they see something going on elsewhere. Um, we saw some of that, unfortunately, with uh, with the Oxford uh, school shooting. Uh, it, districts, um, you know, you sort of all in this together. And so what happens to one district matters to all other districts. So being staying on top of the news and being prepared uh, to respond to it, the very real and serious concerns that stakeholders may have is, is critical. Well, we are, of course, thinking of Oxford at this time, too, and uh, we all are in this together, for sure. Um, and a lot of what you said, too, is about relationship building, whether, whether it's with your own staff and parents and students and that transparency piece, as well as with our media folks. So we so appreciate your time today and joining us and sharing your expertise and thoughts with us. Um, we also want to share uh, that through the Metro Bureau, 
We have an amazing seminar that you all put together for us, preparing for the unpredictable uh, with regard to crisis communication, which is on our website in our members section. So we hope you'll tune in because there's a lot more valuable information that's shared there today too. So thank you again so much for joining us and we look forward to to talking with you all soon. Uh, Any closing statements from you, Jeff? Otherwise, we'll just say thank you. Yeah, I would just say it's great to talk to you, Melissa. Always great to uh, be in touch with the Metro Bureau and You know, Lambert, we really see ourselves as a resource uh, for the education, the school community uh, throughout the state and beyond. And so even if uh, school leaders would like to bounce ideas off of us or maybe have us take a quick look at a plan that you all already have in place, uh, we'd be happy to do that. We really uh, greatly value the work that schools and educators do uh, in, in the state of Michigan and beyond and always happy to work with the school community. Wonderful. Thanks for your partnership, and thank you all school leaders and staff for all that you do. Take care. Thanks so much for hanging out with us for the Metro Minute. This cast is powered by K-12 Media, always helping schools communicate with their communities. On our next cast, the topic, social and emotional health and adult learning, where Melissa chats with another bureau partner, Become Unmistakable. They're going to unpack some great mental health strategies for staff in your schools. By the way, we'd love to see your comments or questions on this cast. And be sure to hit the subscribe button so you get notifications of our latest content. Don't forget to visit our website, MetroBureau.org, for everything trending in public schools in southeastern Michigan. See you next time for the Metro Minute.